Time for Seafood News. You're listening to the Seafood News Podcast. This episode is brought to you by Comtel, which will be receiving a complete redesign in 2020. Subscribers who utilize Comtel to track market quotations, analyze trends, and to stay on top of key industry news will see a host of new features. Streamlined navigation, customizable dashboards, filtering options, quick access to your favorite reports, and more will make Comtel an even more valuable tool for those impacted by the protein markets. I'm News Assistant Ryan Doyle. And I'm Erner Barry Seafood Market Reporter Lauren Castiglione. Thanks for joining us. In our top story of the day, the Association of Genuine Alaska Pollock Producers had their first annual meeting earlier this week. The meeting focused on getting the sustainability message out to consumers using science-based information, state-of-the-art tech, and industry brands to convey the story. The Alaska Pollock Fishery is the largest sustainable fishery in the world, one of the top 20 most nutritious foods in the planet, and traceable from boat to plate. Alaska's Bering Sea and Aleutian Islands has produced over 1 million metric tons of pollock each year for decades. Pair that with innovative product forms and presentations, pollock producers see their product taking a seat at the big protein table alongside beef, pork, and chicken. Part of the way the group intends to get the message out is from a newly revamped website. Gap's Wild Alaska Pollock website went live at the meeting as industry members followed along on their devices. The site showcases the story of the fishery, the fish, current industry partnerships, scientific reports, and Gap-led projects. A comprehensive life cycle assessment is another way the industry intends to underscore the sustainability message, piggybacking on the GAP's research indicating that sustainability drives current and future consumers. GAP contracted with Qantas to conduct a life cycle assessment looking at energy usage, packaging, carbon creation or sequestering, and other environmental impacts that occur throughout the life cycle of a Pollock product. One metric of LCA is how many kilograms of carbon are produced to produce one kilogram of processed Pollock compared to one kilogram of processed beef or pork or other protein. Brian Sheehan of Qantas said Pollock will compare favorably, producing on the order of 15 times less carbon for a kilo of Pollock compared to a kilo of beef. Meanwhile, Senators Edward J. Markey of Massachusetts and Dan Sullivan of Alaska introduced the Ocean Research Act. The bipartisan legislation would reauthorize the Federal Ocean Acidification Research and Monitoring Act funding for NOAA and the National Science Foundation, which lapsed in 2012. The bill aims to improve investments in research and monitoring for, of acidification in coastal and estuarine areas. It will also push to engage local communities and the seafood industry by introducing an advisory board and research grants. Senator Sullivan said, quote, decreasing balance in ocean pH levels can threaten our fish species and coastal ecosystems, and by extension, the very livelihood of our commercial fisheries and coastal communities. Policymakers in Washington and all stakeholders must rely on the best, most up-to-date data in order to develop effective responses to the challenge, which is why this legislation is so important. Ocean acidification is caused by carbon dioxide forming acids when dissolved in the seawater, which is harmful to shellfish, coral reefs, and other types of marine life. Near the coast, acidification can interact with algal blooms and low oxygen dead zones to cause even more harmful effects. And quickly, I'm going to break down the funding of the bill. And if passed, it would provide $35.5 million each year from fiscal years 2020 through 2024 for NOAA to carry out ocean acidification research activities, with up to $5 million of which... Uh, per year dedicated to research conducted via partnerships between the seafood industry and academic institutions. $20 million each year for the National Science Foundation to carry out ocean acidification research program activities, and $1 million for the National Academy of Sciences to study acidification and environmental stressors in estuaries.
Next up, the Atlantic States Marine Fisheries Commission found Virginia's Manhattan fishery out of compliance for exceeding a cap on harvest in the Chesapeake Bay. The Manhattan Management Board vote comes after both the ASMFC and Virginia officials warn Omega Protein about exceeding the 51,000 metric ton bay cap. The ASMFC has accused Virginia of allowing Omega Protein, a company that makes fish oil supplements, of exceeding catch limits on an important fish in the bay's food chain. Omega Protein argued the catch limit was unfair. Here's what they said in an email in early October. Quote, the company understands the importance of the cap to many of you and the legitimate concerns about the importance of commission processes. Knowing that, we were faced with a hard decision whether to stop fishing in the bay just after Labor Day and as Atlantic hurricane season was in full force with Hurricane Dorian. That decision would have reduced employee and crew member income to stay within the Amendment 3 cap. Our other option was to continue fishing as allowed by Virginia law. It was not an easy choice, but we decided to stand by our fishermen who have depended on this fishery for over 100 years, as well as protect our company's own long-term viability. Now, the Trump administration may be involved in the final decisions on this situation. In a recent story by the AP, Republican Senator Richard Stewart, who supports Omega Protein Stance, said that the company provides jobs and pumps millions into the economy. He said that he would be the first to cut the catch limit if there was a shred of evidence that Omega was overfishing. Chris Moore, a scientist with the Chesapeake Bay Foundation, said that no one can argue that the Menhaden population is healthy, but he said that estimates in the bay are inadequate, which is why the commission decided to lower the cap. As both sides plead their cases, the Secretary of Commerce has 30 days to review the commission's ruling on Virginia. Omega Protein has said they would adhere to the Secretary's final ruling, regardless of what it ends up being. All right, Ryan, it's time to break down the king crab market. Can you tell us more about what Erneberry market reporter Jenna Schreiber has to say about king crab? Sure thing. The king crab market continues to see what feels like constant upward pricing pressure. Most sizes are either sitting at all-time highs or 52-week highs. Both Russian red and golden king crab are seeing upward pricing pressure on all sizes, in particular on the larger count sizes of reds. This upward pricing pressure is happening alongside higher imports out of Russia, specifically on red and blue king crab. Alaskan golden king crab does historically demand a premium over the Russian golden king, king crab. And currently, the Alaska market on golden king crab is trending about 25 to 40 cents above the Russian golden king crab market on the 16 to 20 count crab. Market participants will continue to watch as we move further into the fourth quarter. That was a lot of king crab. A lot king of king crab. crab. King and it crab. sounds good. Now I'm hungry. And I think <laughs> I know, I'm going right? to try to find that this weekend. Yeah. Uh, we're going out. My mom's turning 49. Almost 50. She's almost 50. I'm sure she's loving you announcing so, that. <laughs> yeah, well, listen. It's a big day. And we're going out to a nice seafood restaurant. And I did see king crab in the menu. So this reminded me of it. And I had nice. to put that analysis in. So this is my a small part of my mom's birthday present. So happy, happy birthday, birthday, mom. Yes. <laughs> So finally, let's wrap our show with Amazon's new offer of free grocery delivery for Amazon Prime members. I'm so excited for this. Yes. So if you're a Prime member, you can now get free two-hour delivery from Amazon Fresh or Whole Foods Market as part of your subscription. Depending on where you live, you can order thousands of products from seafood, produce, and snacks right to your door extremely quickly. Before this deal, delivery was a $14.99 delivery charge plus, your, uh, plus you know, the cost it would be for your Prime right. membership. No, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> so this move comes at a time when grocery delivery companies face off in a fierce competition over a growing number of online shoppers. 
on the table is an estimated $100 billion in online grocery spending by 2022, according to the Food Marketing Institute and Nielsen. From what NBC had to say in its recent breakdown of the online grocery delivery wars, it may be another area where Amazon comes out on top. Yet again, Amazon, the king of seemingly mm-hmm. everything now, is everything. might win the grocery delivery war now. And it already has the delivery infrastructure, and it has plenty of money to be able to handle the free delivery and cover those costs. Um, from my perspective, I think if you live in a city, this might be like a no-brainer. If you live in right. a big metropolitan area, um, it's tough to bring seafood, uh, you know, excuse me, seafood and groceries up and down the stairs every time you go out shopping. Um, and in the suburban area, it does seem like a growing trend. Um, I know, especially a lot, a lot of the younger generations, you know, that don't feel like it's worth it going out. You know, they're ordering food out with Uber or Grubhub right. or whatever, DoorDash. Um, it could just be the same thing with groceries. And and I don't know. I think it's a trend that's definitely worth looking into for the future. And it, it's going to be something like you have to choose your s- specific subscription services for your TV and, and all this other stuff. But it could be the same thing with groceries where you're going to be sitting uh, sitting on your couch ordering it now rather than going to the store. And that's what I do. <laughs> There's no time to go to the store no, exactly. when you've got two little exactly. ones at home. There you go. That's it. That's the the... The demographic they should be looking at as yeah. well people the, the people that are, have young kids at home and just don't have the time because nowadays people are just working more and more and there's not enough time to take out of your day after work exactly. to go and, and spend two hours grocery shopping. And have you ever grocery shopped with two little ones in the front now, seat of the car? I haven't. Not yet. That's not my time for that yet. But when the time comes, I don't think I'm going to enjoy that it's when they're both in the car fun. fighting each other the whole time. <laughs> But anyway, that about does it for us. Once again, this episode was brought to you by Comtel. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.